Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. What's up, everybody? It's Lee. Welcome back to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Today's topic is a good one. It's how to create a great coaching staff and look there's no one way to do it uh different personalities different people different situations but we definitely dive into a lot of tips and tactics that you want to look for when creating a coaching staff and then of course we have a great discussion about what makes a great coaching staff i'm really proud of this episode and what we've done and listen we've got a lot of support from you and if you want to continue to show that support uh, you know what time it is. Check out whenhockeystops.com. Check out the children's book that uh, Christy and I wrote dealing with adversity um, and all the life lessons that the game teaches. Uh, for those of you that pre-ordered already, thank you. The book is going to be in the mail starting uh, about the time this episode is being heard. So check it out, whenhockeystops.com. Uh, get the book, get some free gifts along the way. And, and above all, you're helping to support us uh, here at Our Kids Play Hockey. And also, if you do love this content, Make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast network. Leave us a review. Leave us an endorsement. It's a it's a big deal for us when you do that. It really helps the show. Um, and it, we hope that we're helping you, obviously, with the information. So without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Take care, everybody. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. As always, an organic topic today came up in discussions from the group here. We're going to be talking about how to craft, how to build, how to formulate a great coaching staff. And here's the deal. This is actually not an easy, this is how you do it type answer, because when you get to different levels, sometimes you have one coach. Sometimes you get to a level and there's too many coaches. Sometimes you get to a level and uh, you got good coaches, you got bad coaches. So how do you do it? Right. So that's going to be the discussion that we have today. I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, my therapy session hosts, <laughs> Christy Cacciato Burns and Mike Benelli. Guys, obviously, always great to be here with you. But I love this topic because I think there's a lot of actionable things we can do or tips we can give everybody. I guarantee you, and I just know this from talking with Christy, guarantee you there's going to be parts of this that you at home haven't thought about. And that's OK, that are going to come up because it's just, you know, sometimes we get tunnel vision with, oh, I need to build this coaching staff. Um, but Christy, let's start with you because you you said something the other day when we were chatting about this that um, didn't really kind of, wasn't the first thought in my head. And I thought it was a really great point, but you, you mentioned your daughter's teams and, and what some coaches had done in the past. And then we'll get into like a little more step-by-step as we go on. Yeah. First of all, newsflash, coaching is not easy. You have to wear so many hats. You know, you're a teacher, you're a counselor, you're a role model. You got to deal with unruly parents. You got to deal with kids who may be going through some difficulties as well. You need help. So you want to build a staff. And I feel like I'm. <laughs> this is not really 
my wheelhouse, but this is just my own personal observations. You definitely want to build a staff that's going to support you, lift you up, be there when you feel like everything is falling apart. One of our coaches, uh, this was just brilliant. He, he had three girls on the team, a mostly boys team. There were three girls and he wasn't really knowledgeable about women's hockey. So he recruited a woman who played college hockey, a friend of his, and he asked, hey, Alyssa, will you come and help me coach the team? It's a mostly boys team, but I got three girls on the team and I think you'd be a great role model for them. It was brilliant because the boys got to see this fantastic college hockey player and our girls got to have a role model, someone who went through all the same experiences uh, at that age, playing with boys, mostly boys. And she, you know, she uh, was a great counselor to them. Um, so a shoulder to lean on when they were having difficulty, when there was some tension with the boys and the girls, how to work through it. It was brilliant. So I encourage any coach who has a couple of girls on the team and is mostly a boys team to, to recruit a woman to help you coach. It's great for the boys. It's great for the girls. Um, it's something that a lot of coaches may not really think about just like, oh, fall in line. And, you know, right. um, there are, there are some little nuances that the, the women can address that you may not see. Well, Christy, you, you're bringing up a great level. and important point. All right. And I wanted to start with that story because again, when you told me that I thought that it really is a great idea yeah. for multiple reasons, but here's the key. And this is why I wanted to start with that story to build a great coaching staff, right? And th- to start, we're assuming you have resources at your, your back that you can get parents or other people to help you. But to build a great coaching staff, it is about knowing what you can do well and then filling in gaps to surround yourself to make that complete staff. You said it, the head coach of that team understood they were missing something or he lacked the ability to communicate with the girls on the team. And again, we're just using girls as an example here. You can, right. you can, you can implant D here. You can implant lots of different words there. And he went upon himself. And this is really the key to a great coach, in my opinion, to say, okay, I need to fill this gap. I'm going to bring someone in to do it. It turned into a positive experience. So that's going to be my first tip as I turn to you, Mike, to make a great coaching staff. And this is the mistake a lot of coaches make. It's the head coach of the hierarchy of the assistant coaches. And I'm in charge. That's, that is not what makes a great coaching staff. What makes a good coaching staff is, yes, there is a head coach that is the person in charge that kind of walks the line. Then they surround themselves with great coaches that fill their gaps. I'll tell a great story later about that. But, Mike, I want to turn to you and your thoughts on creating good coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a collaborative effort, right? You have to have the you have to have the ability to have somebody not only push back, but but also, you know, get people on your staff that have the confidence that they know they have the confidence in you or from you that what they say, you're going to listen to, right? If you're got listen, if you want cone pushers, that's easy. There's plenty of parents that will be cone pushers. And they'll come out. Yeah. There's a lot of people, but I think, you know, I think for me, you know, the, the, the best, the best coaching staffs that I've had are really the ones that want to debate, that want to inject, that want to run drills, that want to try new things and that want to challenge me. Because if they're not challenging me as a coach, it just really becomes, uh, you know, they're not really on the staff. Right, they're just right. basically skills people or they're, they're just instructors. Hold up there because th- we had a tap on this, okay? Because mm-hmm. we really have to explain what challenging means. This is where a lot of coaches, uh, coaching staffs fall apart, mm-hmm. all right? You have to build the trust first. 
in your staff before you can do that. So for example, what Mike is saying, and a lot of you are going to go, I get that. But if you don't build the trust first, I've seen this go the opposite way. He's saying that I trust my assistant coaches to come to me and say, hey, I would do this differently. And then there is a reverse trust there that an assistant coach will understand if Mike, the head coach, decides not to follow this path, that's his right as the head coach. That is the trust understanding. When I work in pro sports, it's the same thing. My job as an assistant coach is to make suggestions to the head coach, to make observations to the head coach. It is the head coach's job and responsibility to take that information and make decisions. That is not my job. Even if I think it's my job, and this is where you get in trouble in youth hockey. All right. I've seen this so many times of an assistant coach that thinks they should be the head coach. Okay. And don't get me wrong, people. There's nothing wrong if you have aspirations to be a head coach one day, but that does not mean you work against your coaching staff. It doesn't mean you talk behind the head coach's back. I'm not speaking from personal experience here so much as just understanding the situation. So when trust exists, an assistant coach, Mike, as you said, whether you're the head coach or that assistant coach should be able to make those observations, make those suggestions with the understanding that the head coach does or does not have to follow them. Yeah. I mean, when I'm, when I'm hiring, like when I'm in, when I'm in the real coaching world, like coaching right. prep school or college or high yeah, school, we will or, break this down by level yeah. in a little bit, but, but when you're, when you're hiring, right. For coaching staffs, you know, one of the, one of the true marks of a great coach is that you can build a coaching tree, right. That you look at these great, like the bill Parcells and, and the, and the, uh, and the bill Belichick's of the world in hockey, like Al McCormick used to be the coach at Cortland state. And if you go back to Cortland state back in the, the, the late eighties and nineties, and you look at, you know, Nate Lehman, coach of Providence college, Derek Lassonde, assistant coach of the, uh, the Tampa Bay lightning, um, you know, all these guys uh, and all these all these coaches that are coaching right now come from this coaching tree and one of the and, and but and, and then assistant coaches come out of that group right because a good head coach is right. going to want to say I'm bringing you in because I want you to become a great head coach but you can't fight against me like right. in the at the youth level it, it it happens and I do this experience is 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 probably too often right that you'll get a if it, unless you do a good job of like really vetting you know, who you're going to jump on the bench with that, you know, get to say, you can't, you can't be at the bar in the tournament saying, I cannot believe your kid's not playing. I've been telling Benelli, he should be playing (laughs) and he doesn't want to listen to me. If it was me. And then all of a sudden you get seven, seven parents say, we need you as the coach. We need you as the coach. And, and that happens a lot. And I, a lot. I want to reiterate. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's just, but I think to your point, (laughs) there's a coup. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's, and again, and it's not only when it's going bad, it yeah. sometimes it's because any at any given time in your season, it could be going bad for some group. Right. right? If the groups, if we're winning and, and Lee does this every day, right. If the group, if the team, if the team's winning, but the group that's winning the games isn't part of the group that's not contributing because you haven't built the, the, the contribution trust, yeah. then this group here is, is just beating it down and, and, right. and, and, and eating it up. And the then bond. you get a coach that feels like they're not valued then then that then you have these different alliances and i think you know i think that's a, a, a like I, I was you know, i've often said this and i have these talks all the time about you know jobs that come up and opportunities and like me i'm not i'm just a horrible assistant coach like i'm not a good like i know that going in like most people are like oh mike you got to come coach with me i go you you don't want me i'm just not a good assistant coach i'm not right. i'm just it's not important good. that you know that though mike 
And I think there's a lot of player, a lot of coaches that want to coach that maybe have to go through that role first and see and say like, you know, listen, I don't really, I don't really like deferring to this person. I want to, I want to be the leader. Okay. Well then learn all that. Cause there's so many, we could get into like, there's so many other aspects of what, you know, what a coaching staff looks like. Maybe it depends on what role you're in on that coaching staff. Right. Well, I'll tell you this, Mike, just to follow up with that real quick. You know, one of the things, again, I started coaching when I was 22. I was really young, college, college coaching and like, you know, kind of stopped my, my playing for this. And I was always put into this leadership position. And I'll tell you what, we, we did good, but I realized there were some major gaps in my coaching. And, and this is kind of to your point, uh, you know, and you've understood this. I realized I needed to become an assistant coach to become a better head coach. Right. So what I did was I started to volunteer to be an assistant role, which I'm not going to lie. It was super hard for me. Um, like, like you're saying, like, cause I'm typically in the leadership position and I'm used to making decisions and those things happening. And suddenly you're in this position where you're really just supporting somebody else. I'm going to tell you this, it became one of the greatest experiences that could have ever happened for me. Um, and one of the things that, and this, this is so true, right? I, I think about this. I was a good assistant coach and I am a good assistant coach, but it's because I was a head coach first. Right. Because I understand my role as assistant coach. My role is to assist, assist the head coach. That's the role. It's not to coach the team. Now, I might have some responsibilities like special teams or defense that that fall under line with being an assistant coach. But at the end of the day, the role is to assist the head coach to do his or her job. Right. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that experience. But if I wasn't a head coach first, I might I definitely would have been the ambitious assistant coach that was trying to get the job. I'm right. How does he not listen to me? And don't get me wrong. No matter what, you will go through points like that as a head or an assistant coach throughout the season. Every assistant coach is going to question the head coach at some point. That's OK. It's does the trust exist to know that, OK, I don't agree with him here or her there here, but that's their job. Right. Remember, especially at the top level, for, for everybody to understand, the prep school level, the pro level, the minor league level, uh, there's a pretty easy judge of if a coach is good. It's wins and losses, right? So at that level, if you're not good, you're going to get fired at some point, you know, anyway. All right. Now, at the youth I level, a it's a little more, a little more complicated. Yeah. Christy, I'd love to hear yeah. your question. Both of yeah. you guys have coached. I've never coached. But we know that a coaching staff is You're a parent. You've coached. <laughs> to be That's fair. Go true. Ahead. That's true. That's true. I'm coaching every you. day. As a yeah, you're a parent, you're I had a, a bad coaching day yesterday. But anyway. Um, so we know we've established that the coaching team is just as important as having uh, a good, good players, right? right. You have to surround yourself. A team with within the team. Yeah. A team within it. That's an important team. How many is too many? Because you don't want great too question. many cooks in the, <laughs> in the kitchen. Question. Yeah, I, I think uh, but, it depends on the level. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's my question. Uh, let's take youth level. Um, right. I 8U. Yeah. So here's the deal. You. Again. I got to preface this too. It comes down to resources too, because there are teams with one coach out there, by the way, mm -hmm. all the teams with one coach, one coach, singular coaches, God bless you. I really mean that because it's not easy. It can be done, but it's not easy. My U8 team uh, has four coaches and we have 10 kids. So wow. you know, basically like a lot. it does, but it's, it's been awesome. And we all really understand our roles. Now, what I like about it, keep in mind, this is like a classroom because it's, it's, <clears> it's U8. Uh, um, the kids get a lot of individual attention. We have, we have a guy who's with the goalies, you know um, you know, we can split the team in half. So it's really good. Now where it becomes crazy. It's funny. You brought that up. Christy is on the bench. So at U8, sometimes you're splitting benches with another team, but this is the type of coaching staff we have. We, we had a game out in Harrisburg this weekend that traveled through the snow. It was interesting. Um, and, you know, we were splitting a bench and the bench was really short. 
So I just made the decision, like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to stand off the bench to the side. I don't need to be here because there's too many okay. coaches here. But that's the type of coaching staff we have. There's no ego there of like, no, I need to be on the bench because I'm okay. one of the assistant coaches on my side. You know, I just kind of moved off to the side to give them the space. Um, one of the other coaches who's a dad and played at a high level hadn't been there in a few weeks. It was just, I, I had no problem with that because, okay. you know, it's a developmental team. Now, obviously, the, the higher levels you go up, um, in my opinion, and Mike might disagree with me on this, uh, three to four coaches is totally appropriate. You know, when you, when you get to yeah. the, uh, the middle school, high school level, um, I think it's, you, you should, if you're doing it right, you have a head coach, offense coach, defense coach, and potentially a team building special teams. There, there might be other ways to do it, but I think three to four is actually appropriate um, if you're doing it correctly. Cause at that level, and Mike, again, I'll, I'll throw it to you. I think the head coach really needs to be paying attention to the, the full gamut of the team. And if he's focused on offense or defense solely, it can become a problem again, based on the resources and availability you have. This is not always the case if there's not enough coaches. Mike, I, I okay. throw it to you too, though. Yeah, yeah. I was just on a call with Tim Bothwell, who's <clears throat> the women's uh, Olympic uh, assistant coach with the Danish women's team. And this guy, Gino Gasparini, who played in the NHL for a long time. He runs the Chicago mission in, in Chicago. And, you know, we just talked about <clears throat> setting up your benches and, and the, the, the challenges of finding good staffs at any level, right? And we, we focus on the youth level, but you know, cause we're talking to youth hockey audience, but I think it's, it's, it, I, I personally, like I, I would joke in when I do my parent presentations that as many parents as I can get on the bench with me would be great. Right. Cause then, you know, when the ship goes down then we're all going down together, like I'd rather have the, the bitchers <laughs> and the moaners on the bench with me. Right. They're part of the problem. You know, they can't, they can't yell about <laughs> me. So I like them being on the bench with me. You want the you know, Titanic scenario. You want the orchestra playing as the I want everybody, <laughs> I want everybody playing with me on the bench. So I can right. turn around and say, yeah, we're all part of the problem here. It's not just me. No, so, that's, that's I, wishful I, thinking, Mike. <laughs> but I do think, I think at the, I think there is, if you have parameters and you have, and you could get good people to follow the parameters, like, and, and Tim talked about this. I like being more in the back. I like being, I like running the team. I like right. being able to say, listen, I need you to run the forwards. I need you to run the D at the youth right. level. I need you to open the door. I need Filling you to in gaps. Up. I need yeah, you to pick right. up the breezers and throw the kid over the, over the high boards. Um, and I probably w would love somebody sitting in the stands. Like, you know, you could give somebody a moniker of eye in the sky or just, you know, doing stats or doing turnovers. And, you know, at the youth level, you don't get to really talk to the kids in between periods. You probably shouldn't right. talk yeah. to them in between periods other than rah, rah. But, you know, cause they're not, they're not, they're <laughs> get not some water, not, sit they down, can't change their game. Like they're not going to change the strategy. Right. Yeah. You game. But, uh, but at the eight U level, like you know, really at the way the ADM set up and and USA Hockey set up, really at the eight U level, that most kids in that are playing cross ice hockey and playing station based programming. Right. You really need eight or nine, ten coaches, but you right. need coaches that understand their role. Like like I when I was, well there were, there I was. I was an assistant coach to a head that ran the ADM program, and I was station uh, six guy. That's it. Station right. six, do your job, Mike. You're station six so, guy. Uh, yeah, we're talking practice. Totally. Talking yeah, you don't practice, have to do anything else. But then, and then in the games, I, I right. just sat in the stands and 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 some because you're really not coaching. I mean, you, at that, you know, and then the 10 year old, 11 year old, you know, yes, you start getting coaching. But when you start getting the ego that you're actually coaching the game, like to you where you're influencing it so much. And really, all you're doing is shortening the right. bench and say, I'm going to put my best kids out there. You're yeah. not really coaching. You're just kind of you're managing. You know, Mike, Mike, you bring, I, I, we said it this weekend. Uh, yeah. to the eight U team. Like you hear this at the, the high levels. We said the eight, eight U team, and look, look, let's be honest. Eight-year-olds have a hard time focusing. There's nothing 
that that's not unnatural, but we told them, and I don't think we were wrong. We said, and not in a negative way, look, we can tell you all we want, but you kids play the games. You guys, you girls, you play the games, not us. So we can give suggestions, but at the end of the day, I didn't think it was too early to give that message. Do they understand it and comprehend it? I don't know, but it's the right message. You know, the, the other thing too, Mike, you're bringing up, um, which is a great point. So yeah, we, we should have separated practices and games. I think it practices, as you said, every station to have a dedicated coach that they're staying in that station. They understand the drill. They understand the purpose of the drill. Parents can do that. High level coaches can do that at a, at a, at a quadrant ADM practice. It's irrelevant. <laughs> Your job is just to do a good job in that. Even at the level. older levels, Lee. I, I, right. I'm on the on Monday nights with Martin St. Louis. He doesn't really coach stations anymore, right? It's right. a station-based practice. These are the best, well, some of the best players on the East Coast. Yes, and they're all yes. on stations. But and he's not. NHL. He he lays <laughs> he lays the team that the he it's the plan is laid out, right. and then the head coach, which is him in this situation gets to go out and interact with right. every one of those kids. Right, which like is what like, you need to do in that role. So, yeah, we're talking about roles. Again, right. again nobody else is saying, oh, what the hell is he doing getting in my station? Uh, well, it's if anybody like, says that to Martin San Louis, they probably shouldn't be coaching hockey. But I, I will say this, okay? Um, so, Christy, just going back to your question, I, I think minimum, minimum on a bench in a game, two. Um, and, and I just think that makes sense because it, it, you're going to miss something. Uh, even at the younger levels, I fear sometimes like, oh man, who did I sit last? Because we have an extra player today. And I, I never want to take away a kid's ice time by accident. And it does happen. It does yeah. happen. You know, it's never, it's never on purpose. I think two minimum. Again, there's, there's teams out there with one coach. Cause that's all they can get. God bless yeah, you. Plus if you got to get kicked yeah. off the ice for yelling at an yeah. official, you need to get another person on the right. ice. Right. But the, the other thing I'll it's, tell you is this. Right. And it's good to have backups too, because if you get sick or, right. you know, right. you need someone, not, you know, something right. happens, you've got a family emergency. Right. It's always good to have some backups that you can rely on. No, no. Uh, how important is it that everybody on your coaching bench, on your, on your coaching team has the same philosophy as you punctuality, you know, uh, how to discipline kids. How important is that, that Insanely. you're all on the same page? Insanely. If you don't have that, it will collapse. Now, yeah, to be if fair. if you have somebody who's showing up late all the well, time. Okay. To, to, to be fair, it de- like I'll use that as an example, showing up on time, right. depending on the life situation, right? So like, like our practices are at 4.15 in the afternoon. That's not the optimal time with anyone with a job, right? Okay. So, so we have some leeway with that. Um, at the, at the level I coach at, at the higher levels, I have zero tolerance for lateness, right? So you, you have to decide that, but to your point, you must establish with your coaching staff before, even with the team, if you can, Mm -hmm. these are our standards. These are the standards we have as a coaching staff. I was going to ask you guys, this as a trivia question, because when I coach coaches, I ask this all the time. I'm all about building team bonds, trust, accountability, who on a hockey team or really any team is the biggest threat to a team bond. Do you guys, what do you think the answer is to that? The biggest threat to a team bond on any team. Coach. It's the head coach. I was going right? to say the parents. No, it's the head, it's the head coach. Well, because you could right? get sucked into the parents. I mean, you could yeah. listen. <laughs> listen, the coaching staff and the, it's specifically the head coach and the coaching staff. You set the standards for your coaching staff and your team. You cannot break your own standards. You cannot be hypocritical with your own standards. Right. If the coaching staff is broken, if you're fighting on the bench or off the bench with other parents about ice time and, oh, I should be head coach like that. You did that before, Christy or, or and Mike. Like This is how it should be. You're yeah. killing your team. And worse, it's not even about the kids anymore at that point. 
And I'm going to tell you both this. I have seen this more times than I'd like to admit. Egotistical, horrible mentalities that destroy a team. Okay. And I'm not going to say to you that there's not problems that happen. Okay. Things happen in life. Not every team is destined to be awesome and win and do it every single year. Okay. But I have to bring up ego because that is so detrimental to coaching staffs. It's not about you in youth hockey. It never is. Okay. It isn't even in the pros. If you think about it. All right. What I, I, I always compliment the team I'm on. I, I'm so fortunate this year, and I mean that I know it. I'm on a great group, great parents, great coaches, great kids. I, I, I'm enjoying every moment because I know how fortunate I am because I've been on other teams that weren't like this. But the ego is not there. I don't feel like there's an ego with any coach on the bench. We help each other out. I've had conversations of, hey, can you talk to my kid? Can you talk to this kid? Because I think you're better suited for that. It's not about me, me, me. Great example, too. You know, we're adaptable. If one of the coaches on the bench in a game is very vocal, right? And we, people who know me, know this team, we can laugh. We have one coach who's very vocal. I'm a vocal guy. I host podcasts for a living mostly, right? I know when he's very vocal, I need to back up on how loud I am that game. And it's not because I, I don't want to say something. It's that's not, we don't need four yellers on the bench at that time, right? I adapt to the situation, right? And if he's not there, I might be more vocal. That's a really good cohesive coaching staff. We all trust each other. Here's the other thing I want to say real quick, right? We know this from, from the show, right? I, I have some experience in the game. And I said this at the beginning of the year. My experience in the game is completely irrelevant at the 8U level. So, yeah, I know a lot about the game, but I haven't coached 8U. I'm learning from these, these guys, these coaches. And I ask them questions all the time, right? And, and it's great because that's, that's a gap in my coaching that they fill. There's a respect there for that. I didn't come in. Going, well, listen, guys, I have professional championships to my name and I coach college and you just need to listen to me. I, I didn't do that. I don't know what I'm doing at the new level. Like I have my own things I got to work on with, with competitiveness at that level. My point is, because I'm getting excited. The, <laughs> we like that. <laughs> I, I could tell, right? This staff that I'm on, I'm thankful for it. We all fill each other's gaps perfectly. There's a mutual respect. Christy, you asked the question. There is a standard of respect. There's a standard of trust. There's a standard of teamwork. If one of us can't be there, the other one steps up, right? There is, I, I have felt zero tension on my coaching staff this year. I can't tell you how rare that is, right? To me, that's it being done right. Adversely, I have been on staffs where I know an assistant coach is after my job or trying to actively sabotage another coach, right? And, and listen, I got to say this again. Like, like I know there's a-holes out there. I know people are people. Like, don't get me wrong. Right? Like, that's why I said before I started here, not every situation is fixable. Sometimes you need to remove people from the staff. Fire it's not them. easy. Would you right? fire them? Yeah. Yeah. L listen, Take if, a if, if I had a disruptive the parent. exit door. You're out of here. Have you ever had I have a that? disruptive parent on the bench uh -huh. and I am the head coach because that's their job. It's not the assistant coach's yeah. job. I might make the suggestion. I want them removed from the bench. All right. And I don't, I, I shouldn't say I don't care what happens after that. I would probably explain it in a way that made sense. They're probably not going to be happy about it, but I'm in charge. These, these, if I'm the head coach, those kids are my responsibility. Yeah. Right. And I don't want any venom on my bench. All right. And, and again, I'm not talking about a parent that's hard on the kids. That's not, I'm talking about someone who's detrimental to the team and the development of the children. All right. And, yeah. and, and I'm, unfortunately there's a lot of them out there. They probably don't listen to this show, <laughs> but there's a lot of them out there. I'm going to yeah. say this again, 
and I'm gonna throw it back to you too because I'm talking a lot. It's not about you as, as a coach ever, ever. If you're not looking at the players on your team, like they're your kids and your family, <clears throat> you're doing it wrong. In my opinion, it's not about you. Younger coaches without kids. First off, God bless you for volunteering your time. You love the game. That's going to be the hardest lesson for you. If you got into coaches and you don't have kids or a kid on the team, not, I'm not saying that that's something that that's bad. But I'm saying you have to understand that kids are still the purpose of the coaching. It's not about you and what you know. It's about can you get this group to work together? Can you develop them? Is every player included, including the best player to the worst player? Have you created a cohesive environment where people will learn and grow and be better? Every team I've won with had that. I've never been on a team that won that did not have that, ever. It's never happened. Yeah. Now that I'm done uh, yelling. That, no, <laughs> Sorry, that's passionate that's about track. this stuff. This is like my, yeah. my, my reason for being on this plant. Yeah. So Mike, what do you do if you've got somebody on your bench who's toxic, you know, who's maybe a screamer, yeller, degrading though, not in a positive way. We all, cause we established last week in our podcast that it's okay to scream and yell if it helps to motivate, <laughs> but not to degrade. So what if you've got some toxicity the on turn your of bench? A situational you screamer. Yeah. Right. So how do you I, deal I, I, with I, that do you, yeah, do you so just I, I, say there's the door you're out or do you try and work with this person what do you do well, i think it's a, just a couple of layers there right because it all depends on if you did a, if you did your job with vetting the people you put on your bench mm -hmm. then hopefully you're not you know I, I i often say this about parents that come to me you know after three months into a season and they can't believe their kids playing for a coach and they're horrified. And mm. the, the person is just so like, you know, negative and, and, mm -hmm. and abusive. And, and mm -hmm. I, I have so little patience for those people now because yeah. you knew going in yeah. who that person was. There's no way right. in this world today that you don't know. And we've talked about this on the episode before, you know, go and you've done it in your book. It's just being, you know, really go do your research and find out yeah. who is coaching. And I think the same thing goes for coaching. If you're going to yeah. bring people on the bench, you know who's going to throw a, a water bottle at a ref. You know that. You do. Yeah. And just, right. just you got to know it ahead of time. And, and you're going to know the guy, that, that you know, the girl that's going to, you know, not be able to be in that situation. I mean, I was funny. I was just reading, and, and Lee brought, brings us up just about culture and, and about, you know, setting those standards. And I was just reading a book on Sherman and, and talking about how he, you know, would – you know, he, if he didn't, if, 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 the, if his troops didn't have water, he'd pour his own water out. Right. If, you know, if his, if his, if they had, if they had to sleep out in the cold, he slept out in the cold. Right. And, you know, if they had to do, you know, if they had to march 10 miles, he marched 12. Service and, leadership. you know, and, and that's the kind of stuff. And you see that we just saw it recently with a, a professional football coach, right. That he flew his team back and they had to go eat, you know, meals on the plane. And he went out to a fancy restaurant, had steaks and drinks and margaritas and danced all night. Right. Where's he fired done. And, you know, it just, because you can't, you have to, you have to be, and if you're that coach and, and that's the staff you want to put around you, you know, listen, there's, I can't tell you how many, like, listen, I, I've coached the college level, the prep school level, the high levels of high school. And I can't tell you how, you know, it really disappointed me that some of the people that were on the staff, like when I was an assistant coach and not understand, like, like when I was coaching in college, I didn't go out for beers in town. I had to drive to a different town. I had to go somewhere else. I had to have the self-control that, you can't just, you know, and it's the same thing when you're, when you're hiring your staff, just 
be aware of the type of people you're going to put on the bench with you. Be aware they're going to have like values and, and, and be aware that maybe you want, uh, you know, I, I was saying this uh, in an earlier conversation about, you know, one of the, one of, some of the best coaches that I've hired at, at any level have been players that played for me. And they've been so great at coaching with me because number one, I think they go, Oh geez, I didn't realize how much you actually do, you know, right. outside of what we do. I mean, this is crazy. Right. Like you do this all the time. Like this, is what you used to do for us. I'm like, yeah, where the hell have you been? You know, but, and, but then, but then the other side of it is like, they can go to a kid and say, and I want them to be that, that, that coach. Oh, listen, coach Benelli's riding you. I know it. He just wants this. You know what, you know what he did for me when I was a senior or, Hey, you know, he's going to get on you about this, but this is why. And this is the reason, or conversely, a, you know, and then, you know, it, it's a little comfortable, right? So some of the kids call me Mike. Some still kids call me coach. Hey coach, you know, so-and-so is having a rough week. You know, did you know this? And they can have those relationships. So as you get higher and higher in the chain of coaching, you start to really learn the relationships of the people you're coaching at the college level, your daughter is, you know, there's going to be a, a, some people on the staff that know much more like me. I'm the only reason I got in social media back in the day was just to, just to keep track of my players to see what the heck they were doing. Cause I'm like, what is this thing they're doing on this Facebook? Like, what are they doing? Like, how are they having these conversations on Twitter? I know I, you know, and that's how you get into it. And I think you start to see like, and, but if you have people in your group on your, you know, staff, I don't, I don't even call it a staff really the youth hockey organization. I mean, you are the team, you're a group of parents mostly right. that wants what's best for your kids. And what are you going to do to work together to make a great experience for your kids? Well, that's going to work. We're going to work together. And we're not going to like it all, but I think Talese brought this up a million times when we've had these conversations. Come in with a plan, collaborate on the plan, have agreement on the mission statement, and then you can go out and teach it. And if you do those things ahead of time, you're going to be successful. If you wing it, just like practice, if I go to practice tonight with 60 kids and one coach and I wing it, there'll be 15 emails tomorrow that their kids didn't have fun and my kid didn't get the money back. Yeah. I want my money back. This is not what I paid for. I get, and I agree with them. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Right. Like, right. And, and I see other coaches do that. It disrespects the job of coaching, you know? And so it's, it's, it's just so I don't miss it. You're going to get a coaching staff. It's a crazy world we're living in. Get a background yeah. check, get your safe yeah. work done. Yeah. Background checks are get certified. Well, hopefully your, your team and organization make that well, happen. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes yeah. it's like, you just got to remind people like, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, I, I'm a, by nature, I'm a rule follower. Probably right. my parents, I'm just a rule follower. Right. I, I, I'm like, okay, you're, if you're going to, if you're going to yell at a kid for being late, don't be late. If you're going right. to be a kid for not having his equipment properly, then maybe wear a helmet. If you're going to yell at a kid about tobacco and, uh, and alcohol, maybe don't be, have a lipper in during practice and spitting <laughs> over the bench. I mean, you know, is it that hard? Is it that difficult? Yeah. And, and well, that goes back to what I said. That goes back to what I said day. about following your own rules. You can't break your right. own rules on your team. Like we right. do, we do every day. And we, and we, yeah. we make excuses like, no, I'm a head coach. I'm a pro. I don't need to wear a helmet, but it's the rules. If you don't like the damn rules, go don't, and don't petition coach. and get rid of them right. or, or don't coach. Or don't you coach. Don't like, like I, I say this all the time. I'm not a, like I get accused as a USA hockey shill all the time. I really don't care. I mean, USA hockey is what it is. If yeah, you don't like you, it, you're right. We shouldn't it. follow the organization that has several gold medals and world junior championships. What, right, but what I'm saying is if you disagree, <laughs> if you disagree right. with the way the coaching program is, then get involved. And Do something. Up yeah. And change it. Or Evolve it. Don't benefit from it. 
do your right. own thing. And well, the Mike, fact Mike, is, you're making a good point, Mike. Is just like that's how change is made by speaking up, not by complaining uh, or bitching on social media. Involved, I say, yeah. I want, I want, you know, oh, make, you know, like, go. Oh, well, you know, you, you, we don't, we don't do enough of this. We don't do enough of this. I, I agree. You know what'd be great? Why don't, why don't you help us by you be the video parent, right? Be the video coach. Compile the 17 hours of clips that I need to teach this, and then, and then I no, will be Mike. You should mom. just do it. Just do it. Right. What else are you doing do all day? It. What are you doing all day? And like, I think, uh, I think, you know, so I think, yeah. you know, so going back to just coaches, right? Just make sure you know who you're putting on the bench. Right. Make sure you, make sure you, you vet them. If you want somebody that's going to counteract you. Great. If you've got, if you're going to have a fiery person. Great. I, I love that. I mean, I'm the fiery guy on my bench. I love having two people are like, this guy's lost his mind. But, <laughs> and, and, and like, and somebody that can grab you. Like coach, yeah, wake up, and it, yeah. boom, you're right, you're right back. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah, trust is there. It's not judgmental. You, you know, right. so Mike, like, hey, coach, coach, one thing coach. I got to say, yeah. and you brought this up, Mike, is that it's kind of like one of those quick statements of if your coaching staff can't operate as a team, how can you expect your team to operate as a team? You right. can't give somebody something you don't have. If you have a broken coaching staff, you're gonna have a broken team. Yeah, and and I think, but you can control that. And, and we all right. get, we all get like lost in like one of the things that I want to be, if I'm going to, if you're going to ask me to coach, then, then make sure you give me a, give me responsibility. Role. Have a role. A give me a role. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not adverse to that, but don't ask me to coach. And then what do you want me to do? Just stand there. <laughs> I mean, the roles I, are I, important. I, that's, you, what, that's what backup goalies are for to open the door. Not I mean, me. You're, you're bringing up another really good point for this episode is that you have to have a role. Right. Uh, every right. Go, great coaching staff I've been on, you, you know, your role, you know, your responsibilities and you have a job to do. We talked about this with players on the team as well. Right. You, your players have to have roles, but it's the same thing in a coaching staff. And the head coach's job, in my opinion, is to make sure that you establish those roles, discuss it with your assistants and then give let them have the role. Don't try and control them in their role. Uh, it's another mistake, especially younger coaches, myself included. When I was younger, I have to control everything. No, you don't. That's why you have the other people there. It's, all, it's, it. it's so cool too. When you, can you empower people to be a coach right. and let them do things, they come up with stuff. You're like, Oh my God, that's unbelievable. Like, right. You came up with that. Like, well, you, wow, yeah. I really like that. You came up with that idea or that plan and go with it. I mean, I think this is great. And I think the biggest thing too, I'll give you one, one quick example of when I hired. So a couple, a couple of years ago, many years ago, we had a nice state championship Connecticut team. And the year before we struggled, not, not terrible, we were a good team, good, but we missing pieces, right? So what happened? Two head coaches had gotten fired. The first two people that got phone calls. So on my bench on year two, we had two head high school coaches with me on the bench. And I can't tell you the looks I would get, you know, from, from my colleagues, like, this guy's going to take your job. Like, why would you hire that guy? He's a head coach. He wants your job. I'm like, well, I'm pretty confident in myself and, and I'm like, well, I want him to be the best. If he could, if he's striving to be the best coach and wants to get out from under this, but maybe he doesn't, maybe he likes the role of the assistant coach. Maybe he likes the role of saying, you know, cause you forget, right. Chrissy, everybody thinks the head coach is just coaching the team, right? He's probably they're, like they're today. I, I wish I could share my phone screen with you right now. Right. There's 17 text messages about this weekend schedule. Somebody's wondering about what the kids are going to do for Sunday. Somebody wants to know that five kids can't come to practice. Somebody else wants to know when the goalie coach is coming. 
Somebody wants to know why the video hasn't been updated from this weekend. Another person oh. wants to know if we're doing an end of the year party, when the banquet's going to be, if we're going to retake a team picture, if we're going to, oh, and, and by the way, wants to know why I, you know, um, I can't read that one. So the rest of it, <laughs> so, so, so every so, coach watching right now can relate to this. <laughs> so, so the bottom line for me is, you know, have, there's so much that goes into it. Delegate, yeah. delegate, delegate, get those really good people to go out there. And when I had these two head coaches on the bench with me, what they were relieved of was like, oh, I don't have to do any of that crap. Like, I don't have to go to the league meetings. I don't have to go to the, the, the I don't have to go get sponsorships. I don't have to go to the parent meeting. I don't have to go to the principal's office because so-and-so has been late every day right. for a week. And I'm trying to get this person to a game. You get to, now you really get the coach. One of the things that really, really uh, hurt me uh, the most was when I took over uh, in my or district for the coaching education team and you become the, the coach in chief, you become the, the CIC of the East district. I don't get the coach anymore. I don't even get to speak. I'm just, I'm worried about budgets and, and setting the roster up and making sure the audio visual works. Yeah, you're managing. Right? That's you're the managing. same. Yeah. But, but if you really love coaching, sometimes being on a coaching staff as the assistant coach, is the most coaching you're ever going to do. Well, it's like a pilot, right? That's like in, in, in the Air Force, right? You don't want right. to get the desk. You don't want to get promoted because you get out of the plane. You get out you're of the like, jet. oh, crap. I want, to, I want that energy. I want that. Right. I want, yeah. And right. I think you, But where... you know yourself, Mike. And again, this is something every coach is different. You, know, you got to find out what you're good at. And great coaches help to delegate responsibilities and understand what somebody else should be doing and needs to be doing in order to be successful. This goes back to the very start of the episode, filling each other's gaps. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, great story. I'll tell you guys real quick. You know, when I, when uh, I was coaching in the UK, the head coach is, is, and still is one of the best tacticians I have ever worked with ever brilliant hockey mind. Right. But, and he told me this, he, he understood that I had an ability to speak to the players in a way he couldn't do that. And I will always give him credit for understanding that and saying, I need you in that role. And I understood my role and I executed on it. Right. It, we were a great coaching staff because of that. And I, and if I had tactical advice that I thought I wanted to give him, I gave it to him. He took it. And he, if he didn't do it, that's fine. That was the understanding. Right. And the same thing, if he needed a message to the players, he didn't just do it. He came to me. How should I say this? What should I do? Right. So it, you have to learn how to fill in each other's gaps. And if ego is there, it will ruin that for you. <laughs> you cannot allow ego to play into that equation. If you think, you know, better than the head coach, have a freaking discussion. Okay. And deal with the outcome. Don't complain about it. Don't get mad. Like if it happens over and over and over again, make a decision on whether you want to stay with the team or adversely, you want that coach to be on your staff. Turnover happens all the time, but look, like again, based on availability or, and right. What, or yeah, have a secret lunch with the influential parents and get them out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Team. Look, I, I've look. I was on a team <laughs> staff one time I, and, and this was devastating. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this. My one of my, I, I I had assistant coaches eating with players behind my back and didn't know about mm. it. And it started to rip the team apart. Now, look, I don't, it's easy just so everybody listens and understands this. It would be very easy for me to say, how could they do that? That was their fault. At the end of the day, I was the head coach. I probably should have been paying more attention. I'm not taking full blame for it, but something I was doing was making that happen. I didn't do my job well enough to keep that from happening. That, that coach didn't feel comfortable enough coming to me. So it's not ever completely on one person. All right. I, I shouldn't say it. Most of the time, it's not completely on one person, but another bit of advice for coaching staffs. Okay. Um, think outside the box. Number one, read out, read the room. Christy, going back to what the story you told, I love that the mm -hmm. coach understood, Hey, I, I need a female on my staff to relate to these players. That's awesome. Yeah. Representation in this game is something that's important. 
Take mm-hmm. a look at your bench. And I'm talking about ethnicity. I'm talking about gender. I'm talking about attitudes. I'm talking about emotions. Make sure you have people that can correspond with the group that you have. Yeah, we talked about this before. I'm not talking about going soft on anybody. I'm talking about make sure you have someone that can communicate effectively to the people you have on the bench. Next thing, next tip, coaches, head coaches especially, get your staff together once in a while. And there's no excuse not to, even in the pandemic. We have text, we have Zoom, uh, and you might be in an area, you can go get a beer or go to the restaurant together. Meet up every once in a while, just talk. You know, you'd be surprised how much a once a month talk outside the rink can have a massive effect on your coaching staff because you can air stuff out and you can talk. You can say, you know, it really frustrated me when this happened, or maybe you guys are commiserating over the same thing and none of you know it. This is a recommendation for every team environment, not just coaching staffs, by the way, but have a conversation, you know, like you shouldn't be afraid to talk to your staff, um, you know, when that comes up. And, you know, like I said, guys, a great coaching staff, based on availability. I, I got to keep saying that because I know there are organizations that it's not possible to have a huge staff and, and God bless those coaches that really dedicate their time and they're out there by themselves and they're doing the best they can. I really, really mean that. But Mike is saying it too. vet these people, find people that fill the gap. You got annoying parents, give them a role, get them on the camera, get them doing stats. Here's the nice part about it. Mike, you'll probably admit this too. The really annoying parent, when you go to them and say, hey, you know what? I love that you're so passionate about the success of this team and your child. I'd love for you to do plus minus for this season. They, they may jump on it or they might go, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. It's okay. You, you don't hear from them too much anymore after that. All right. Give them a I just, I just literally just did that. I had one parent that said, I played college hockey. I do this. I've done that. I can skate. I play yes. adult league still. I'd love to help out. I do not want to do anything off the ice. Okay, great. And now I know you don't want to be moving the boards or helping with the nets or getting the water right. bottles. He doesn't want it. I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't know if I have a ice on because, you know, they all want everybody, all the parents want to help, you know, do the power play. I get it. But <laughs> shoot but the I, puck. Shoot it. I know yeah. how to yell shoot puck. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're perfect for me, man. I need four exact, of you. Cause, every cause coaching I, cause staff needs to shoot shoots the, puck the puck, damn it. So <laughs> I think, but I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a matter of just finding those good people, uh, asking them what they want to do. And you're going to find good people. I do this presentation. Uh, for for my other st- life and that's the one thing that that we you know go find ask people what they want to do and all of a sudden you get you find great things that you didn't even know you needed and right. and because people you know outside of the coaching world have all these great expertise in organization and promotion and you know all, uh, nutrition and all these other great things use those people and advocate for them to help right. don't put the shield up and say you know, this is the staff and we're a closed knit group and yeah. there's nobody allowed in. I this mean, even our, USA hockey was doing this it for years. This is our 10 staff. You can't come in the room. Even USA hockey was doing it for staff. years. You, I don't know if they still do it. I'll look it up and see, but you used to be able to, as a, as a, used to apply to go out to uh, the NDTP program and shadow the national development team program, probably not during COVID, but before that you could you'd go out there on a Thursday, you'd fly in, You'd have breakfast with the coaching staff. You'd be in their practice sessions. You'd be in the video sessions. You'd watch the game. You'd break down the game. You'd be in the next day, the breakdown, and you'd be immersed in the coaching staff. And this was every weekend for months and months and months. And they weren't like, oh, my God, we don't want to let people behind the curtain. They were like, this is we're a collaborative group here. We're trying to make the game better. If we can make the game better by helping coaches be better, then that's great. And if you can, you know, if you're an organizational leader and you listen to this, give your coaches the room to yeah, find yeah. good coaches. Make those coaches room. 
give them an area to themselves, give them a coffee club opportunity, pay for them to, to maybe get together or and, have a zoom session once have a month. group session and it's give easy. them, you know, continuing education and say, you know, even listen to this, say, listen to this podcast, right. go out and find yourself two good coaches. And I think that's sometimes that's the only nudge you need. Some, I got, listen, I've watched, I, I literally watched four high school games this weekend, one high school game with one coach on the bench and one coach in practice. And it just doesn't, it, it, it's so hard no. to work this way. Yeah. It's so hard. It's, well, it's you, unfortunate you, because it's not right yeah. for the kids. It's a chicken right. with a head off scenario. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, and let's all great coaching this is really hard. Uh, you need help, but you need to surround yourself with positive people who help support that positive messaging right. as well. Yeah. 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 And, and so, just, just rounding out this episode too. I want to say this too, because, and I alluded to this earlier, look, if you're on a staff right now, that's not great. You're not having a good time. Uh, learn from it. All right. Don't, don't quit coaching because you have a bad staff. All right. You know, you know, we, we have a saying in coaching, uh, you know, never be a kid's last coach. I mean that you're so bad. The kid doesn't want to play a sport anymore, but if you're on a bad staff, it happens. I've been on bad staffs before. All right. And it's, it's only made me learn because I decided to say, okay, what's going wrong here. What can I learn about the situation? So I don't apply it in the future. And look, you're not always going to have a great season. I don't know anyone that's coached and had great seasons every year that they coached. It's not a reason to stop. You got to learn. I've said this on the show many times. It's like my quote, good coaches know everything. Great coaches know nothing. You're constantly, constantly learning. Again, quick recap of the episode. One, build trust. Understand trust and standards. Surround yourself with people that fill your gaps and can understand those standards to start to work together meet with each other, talk with each other, communicate. When it comes to practices, you can't have enough people out there to help you, right? Parents, overbearing parent, give them a roll and watch how they fly or drop off right away. You know, <laughs> and then additionally too, like, you know, it's not about you. I can't stress that one enough, right? Um, I became a more successful coach when I dropped the ego, dropped my reasons for doing it personally and just made it about my players. Not only did I find more enjoyment in that and more satisfaction in that, but, uh, and I'm not patting myself on the back of this, the win record got better. <laughs> Everything got better from that. Uh, you know, because I think about those kids or the players when I do everything, right? I think about my coaching staff too. Don't get me wrong. It's not selflessness to the point of, you know, I'm unhealthy, but it's just, it's not about me. Like if they, they play the games, I had my time on the ice. I'm very thankful for that, but I'm not on the ice anymore. <laughs> they're on the ice, whether they're eight, 18 or 38, right? It doesn't matter. So I hope we've given some great tips today because this is a really good episode. And like most of our episodes, you guys, it's, it's, it's not always an answer. There's not always like, this is how you do it. Sometimes we have episodes like that, but this, this is just our opinions and our thoughts. And these are the conversations that aren't happening that need to happen. You know, I, I, actually, one last point, you know, Mike, I, I was actually bringing this up to, to my staff the other day. Like, why doesn't why why are all the the uh, Mike coaches, all of them in our organization? Why don't we have a Zoom meeting once a month so we can compare what we're doing from the A team down? Why don't we have a organizational coaches meeting once a month where all the coaches are there and we can share what's working, what's not working? Now, I know I know there's time constraints. People got to work. But if I you know, I'm a good organization. I want to know what the A team's doing. I want to know what the B team's doing, what's working and what's not. That's coaching. That's learning, right? But, you know, you know what's funny, you know, and I, I didn't get this with this team, but you hear this, oh, we can't because this guy, this guy won't let that happen. Well, what the hell is that? 
you don't let one, one person stop you from having a meeting and learning and, and, and talking with each other. And, you know, that's another thing we got to learn from each other as coaches. Nobody knows how to do it one way, right? At 22, I knew everything. I knew everything. I knew I wanted to do it. I, I was the best coach in the world. I was going to be the best coach in the world. I need to learn from other coaches. I was wrong, <laughs> right? That's, that's the key here. So uh, anyway, look, we're going to round this out. I'm going to give final thoughts from you too. Uh, before I slide into my clothes, but uh, I just love these episodes because we're yeah. bringing things to yeah, light. Yeah, and also you know? for everybody listening, uh, you know, all different levels of experiences here. We would love to hear from you. Absolutely. So, you know, maybe we we hit a chord with you and you're like, oh, that sounds really familiar. Or you're going through the same thing or you need a little bit of advice. We'd love to hear from you because we're kind of like the dear Abbeys of hockey. That's a great so, way of looking at it. I like that. Dear Reach out to us. Yeah. If you got something on your mind, you want something to address, or you just want to talk, we'd love to, we'd love to hear from you. See, Christy, what's going to happen is you're going to get the dear Christy emails of like, I really related with what you said in the last episode. And Mike's going to be like, dear Mike, get the hate mails. yeah, yeah, dear <laughs> Mike, listen, how come the party it. hasn't been planned yet for the end of the season? Yeah, don't, don't, if you're, a, if you're somebody, that don't hate with, on us. if you're somebody that coached with me, please do not make any comments or questions. <laughs> I don't want to hear from you. Because <laughs> I probably fired you for a reason, or you left. Uh, I'm kind of hoping they're listening now, Mike. I bet mean, we could use a little drama on this show. Right? I get, I get all the time. I get all the time. Like, hey, coach, <laughs> coach, I listened to your, I saw your Facebook post, and I listened to your podcast. And he's like, when did you change? Like, when did you get like? That? I go, I go, well, like, to change. Let me, let me, here, get on the phone. Let's have a conversation about it. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm going to say this right now, Mike, for everybody listening. That you know, Christy is a trailblazer in her own right in the world that you work in, and she's a hockey mom. I value her opinion so much because I'm just at the beginning of my parenting journey. Doesn't matter where I coach, she has the full breadth of experience here, you know, of kids going through hockey. And then, Mike, you know, like, like here's the thing, Mike, I always say this about you if you're not from the Northeast United States, you know, Mike has that Northeast condescension that we all have here, which is I know and you don't. Seems it seems like that. But when I look at Mike, you break Mike down. I'm going to compliment you. You didn't ask me to do this. I see a guy dedicating immense amount of times to getting his practice plans right. A guy who generally cares about his kids, right? Mm -hmm. I see a guy that doesn't want to deal with all the extracurricular crap of people's opinions just to give him their opinions. There's no value behind them other than I just want to be heard. That's the type of guy you want to work for. And when I say about removing ego, Mike, I'd love to be on a bench with you, right? Because here's the deal. I'm sure you would annoy me in the way that you speak, but I trust you. That's okay, right? Because I know your core is correct. You're doing it for the right reasons, right? Like it's okay if you're abrasive because maybe that's just not my role in that team. I understand that. My ego doesn't overtake me there. There's trust there. There's respect there. That's the type of guy you want to look for. You don't want to look for the, just the easiest person to get along with in the room. That doesn't make any forward progress. Right. So I just, I, you know, listen, well, thanks, Mike, I've, I've known you just... long enough to say this. You're a great coach. You're a great person. All right. And, and, and if, if, if anybody, uh, I'm not speaking to anybody specifically, because I don't know the people you deal with, but people who can't see that are missing the point. They're probably making it about themselves or just their kid. All right. No, well, thank... you, know, you know, last thing I'll say, Mike, and I'd love for you to comment on this. And Christy, I don't even know if you know this. I, I, this is so true of, of good coaches. I can't speak for everybody. If people understood, not just throw the tactics away, throw the, throw all the practice plans away. I wish you knew how much we care about your kid. It's not something we can never really talk about, but I wish you knew how much we care about your kid, even the ones that piss us off. I wish you knew. 
Okay. I can never be your kid's parent. That's your job, right? That's your right. But we care so much more about your kid than you think as a coach, right? And it gets swept under the rug sometimes with some of the other stuff that we have to do. But Mike, I know you feel that way too. Yeah, I mean, for, for the same reason that we we can't value who we are as adults based off what our kids do athletically, it's the same way I look at coaching. Like, I don't I don't judge players that play for me based off how much I dislike their mom or dad. Right. Like, I, or or how much their mom and dad dislike me. I mean, because I realize that you know when you're when you're on the other side of the glass, your only focus is on your kid. I get it. It's human nature. Yeah. If I ask for a highlight video of the game, like, hey, listen, I need some video of that of that shift and the, the seven parents that are all taking video, it would just be of their kid. I couldn't even use it because it's just their kid. It's like, <laughs> right. it's, 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 did it's, you it's, see what a, he did? Did you see what he did here? Did you see did what he did? See, did you see him make that play? I'm like, no, I didn't see him make the yeah. play. I, I saw what happened afterwards. My God, yeah. you know, but, but I think, but I think the, I think, I think the, I think the, the piece of it is I do. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, and it's not just me because I, I know all the, the most of the coaches I associate with and, and are around, you know, if a kid gets hurt, I feel for that. If yeah. a kid doesn't yeah. like their ice time, I generally feel for that. If a, if a, if a child is out there and is not loving coming to the rink, I feel for that. And it's, there's no coach that I know none that, that looks to say, I'm here to make sure your kid fails today. I, it just doesn't happen. And so, but, but it won't be coaching long if it does happen. I'll tell you all the pieces that go into place to, to help you. Like I said, in, in our last episode of the yelling and screaming, I'm just trying to improve every single day. If, if, and, and, you know, no, I, I'm not even asking for people to be perfect. I'm not, I'm not expecting parents to be perfect, but, but when you're managing 15 or 20, in my case, young men, it's different than managing one. And when you care about 15, it's different than, ma- than caring about your kid. Right. And that's something, a perspective I think all of, us, all of us as parents have to see because it's just a different, unique role that we're in. And nobody's out to see your kids fail. Um, but you can, you can influence that one way or the other very easily. Yeah, that's a great point. You, you can, yeah. and you it's can hard be to see it when you're in it. So it's right. really important. That's such a great message. Listen to that, parents. Listen to that. It's yeah. so important. You might think you're helping, yeah. <laughs> but, but you're not, you know, and, and Mike actually just brought up a topic for another great episode that we'll do here, uh, which is how to coach when your own kids on the team. That's a great oh, topic. And I'll tell you one. right now, just based on what you said, Mike, um, cause you're right. It's something you made me think about every parent's focused on their kid. Not, not that you don't care about the other kids, but man, try being on a bench with your kid and not being able to do that. Right. You have to focus on all the kids. And I, look, I've had situations, my kid, um, you know, has come up to me on the bench and needs some emotional support and I have to make a decision. I'm always there for my kid. Right. But is the timing right? I have to treat him like a player on the team, not just my kid. It can get tough. So I just want to finish on that note again. Um, any coach who's a real coach, because there are, there are coaches out there that are really bad, but a real coach cares about your kid. Okay. We, I care about every kid I've ever coached. I really mean that even the ones that are disruptive and annoy me beyond belief. My thought is still, how can I help this person? It doesn't always happen. All right. But, but, but I don't, I don't ever remember a situation where I generally didn't care generally. I mean, say genuinely about a kid on the team. And if, if I got to that point, they're not going to be on the team that long, right. Or I'm not going to be there that long. It goes, it can go both ways. So anyway, a lot of positives in this episode. Phenomenal. I just love doing this every week. We, we say it on every show. It's like therapy for the three of us. 
It's wonderful. <laughs> um, obviously, as Christy said, if you like what you heard, subscribe, um, leave reviews. That really helps us out in terms of getting the show out there. And tell your friends, tell your parents, hey, listen to this great podcast. Um, it, it means a lot to us. Like the, the growing of the audience, not just to popularize the podcast, but we want to be there. We want to be a resource for parents, for coaches, for everybody in the youth hockey level. Uh, when we made the show, you know, it didn't exist. That's why we made it. Like, there's no show about from hockey parents about the hockey culture at the youth level. So um, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, so for Mike Bunnell, the coach, for Christy Cashionaber, who is also a coach. You just found that out today. I didn't I'm know that. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening to Our Kids Play Hockey. Check us out, ourkidsplayhockey.com or wherever podcasts can be heard. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.